Hello and welcome to another episode of the Make It Epic Wedding Podcast. We're here with Tim and Matt. Hey mate, how are you? G'day Tim, I am good. Cannot complain for this fine day. I am very excited for today's episode They're because we're, uh, yeah, we've got a bit of a legend, a bit of a uh, A bit of a, a legend human. in the industry and... Um, <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we shouldn't mention too much, I think. This guy's a, um, you've probably heard of him before, but he's a, he's a, he's a unique character and um, just brings a lot in terms of client experiences and always wants to go to that next level. But uh, should we jump right in, mate? We, we should. But before we do, we probably should just put a little, uh, a little warning out there for you listening. Uh, if you are, this one's got a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of swearing in it. A couple of f bombs yeah. dropped here Old and there. Old Davo so... loves to drop an f bomb. So if, yeah. if you've got some kids in the car, or if you've uh, got some younger ones listening, maybe uh, put the headphones on for this one. Yeah, just hold off and uh, don't play that one with the kids <laughs> around because we don't want to be blamed for setting your kids uh, in the wrong direction. But yeah. anyway, we are super excited to have this human on today. Um, and yeah, watch this space because uh, it's going to be an epic one. Let's get it up. Hello and welcome to the Make It Epic Wedding Podcast, where we believe all weddings can be epic in their own right and uniquely you. We're your hosts, Tim and Matt, a photographer and videographer in the industry. Tune in as we dive deep and unpack all things weddings, how to make it fun, stress-free, and provide other creatives in the industry tips and tricks to raise the standard when it comes to planning the perfect wedding. Hello, Dave. Welcome to the podcast. Good to see you, mate. Always thank you for having me. Man, it it is a pleasure. We've been, uh, we've been looking at your work over the last couple of months, and um, I know we we met at um, at the Lonely Hearts Film Camp. And mate, you're an interesting character. You are. Uh, you really. You, you took me by storm. I was like, this guy <laughs> is. Um, this guy's a bit of a legend, but he's he's bloody chaotic. He's absolutely chaotic, and I I love it. Absolutely love it. But no one knows. Who you are at the moment? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who's Dale Page? What do you do? All right, so so I I started off doing photo and then recently moved into video, and so have this like little kind of hybrid thing going on at the moment. Backstory is way weirder than that. So I started off as like a I was a heavy metal roadie for about ten years, and then um, while I was away doing all that kind of work, I was like I should have more to show for all these trips than like tour passes. So got myself like a little cool pics camera. And I like just like take little photos while I was like touring around the world and all that kind of stuff. And then from there it escalated into some family photos. And then I'm sitting there one day doing some newborn shots. And the bride was like, or not the bride, but the um the the mother was was basically saying, um, oh my sister's getting married in a couple of months. Like they need a photographer. And I'm like, oh well, good luck, because um I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And then um then I get a a call off the sister who's getting married, and then she's like. We just need someone to document it. It doesn't have to be good, but we just don't want to employ a family member to do it. So basically just show up with your camera, do your best, and thanks very much. So I'm like, all right, cool, where's the wedding? And they go, Hawaii. And I'm like, get fucked. Like, I'm not, like, flying the other side of the world to, like, shoot a wedding. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And they said, you just have to you just have to take some pics. Like, no pressure or anything like that. So, yeah, so I'm used to, like, you know, hanging out with 75 ferals on tours through Europe and all that kind of stuff. And then the next, you know, next minute... I'm sitting there like on the beach as the bride's walking down. I'm just sitting there going, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, this is just the weirdest, weirdest transition possible. And um, so I did that, really enjoyed it. And um, and I thought, oh, maybe like this can be an option because number one rule with being a roadie is that you need an exit strategy. Like if you've been there like on a loading dock and you see like Slayer's Road Crew and they've all got like eye patches and they all pretty much look like they have fucking scurvy and all that kind of stuff. Like it's not a good place to spend your last working days so i'm like i need to get the fuck out of here so what's my next step and because i can't sit still i'm not used to having an office job i thought like wedding and destination photography could be an option for me so yeah and then it just kind of started slowly building from there and now that's what i kind of do full time so how about i didn't know anything about weddings until i'm sitting there shooting one how about getting your first wedding in hawaii what the hell Oh, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. So, what's what's so even weirder is that you've said you you were photographing a newborn, like Dave LePage doing newborn baby stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it was um, it was just some um, some some friends had a kid, and so they're like, oh, we need a couple of photos of it. So, I'm sitting there going, well, I own a camera, but um, so yeah. So, I mean, I think that's how most people fall into it. But just my origin was just way weirder, kind of heading into there. 
And so I was kind of doing both for a couple of years. And then once I got to the point where it looked like I was going to make the same amount of money doing wedding photography, I kind of told all the band people, I go, well, I'm, I'll just give you a year's notice and this could be the end of it. So both worlds, like if you meet me at a wedding, I'm obviously in wedding mode, but then if you meet me on tour, I'm in tour mode. So the both worlds couldn't understand what the other side was. But I don't know, it might've just been a different perspective that I brought to weddings, having, having not spent any time at them before I started shooting them. So I just kind of, all I thought to myself was, fuck, who would ever shoot my wedding? And I just thought that wedding photography was just kind of such a daggy genre that I didn't really want to ever be involved in. And so I thought, well, if that's how I feel, there's got to be people that feel like me, what service can I provide them? Because, because yeah, I just felt like there was this kind of like, like, where was I in that market? And I would struggle to find me. So I kind of thought, well, maybe I just kind of do what I would like for myself as far as a service. And it kind of just went shit from there. That's amazing, man. It's good that you come into it with a fresh set of eyes because you're not influenced by like others in the market as well. And like, I know, I know what you mean. Like I, I come straight in from like into wedding videography from like a, like a travel videography background, like doing a lot of four wheel drive stuff, a lot of travel stuff. But, um, you know, weddings was like, Oh, look, I don't want to do a five minute montage of couples kissing. Like that's just, that's just not me. Like I'm, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no slow-mo. I wanted something that was something that was fun, something that like related to me, but something that I can bring my own like personality into it as well. And obviously it's a style that grows over the years. But yeah, I love that because you're so invested in what you want to do because it's passionately you and it's it's applying the things that you love into your art. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was like I was like my I shot my first wedding at like thirty-four or thirty-five years old. And so again, I just had no idea what it was meant to be and so I just kind of went oh well I'll just do my version of it which isn't like like I'm not doing anything that's like too far left of center but um but it's more it's more the back end stuff that I kind of pride myself on and that's more like engagement with the couples and that kind of stuff like I do yeah a lot of pre-shoots with them and it's not even it's not the even that that the couples so much need interaction with me but I need interaction with them because I I'm just one of those people who can't really walk into a room and own it like I need to know everyone there and all that kind of stuff so it just um it just it gives me a more enjoyable experience kind of knowing everyone as well and so um and the, the problem with like high volume a high volume industry like weddings where you kind of like constantly meeting brand new people every day i struggle with that so i'm just like i need to like meet my couple so that's kind of where all the pre-shoots build a connection come from yeah. because yeah yeah because i just can't i can't walk in and just go i'm dave let's do it like just... i kind of like need to start slowly building a rapport with people so yeah, so that's that's my kind of funny little take on it. Well, so, we'll, but, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Sorry about you, go. Oh, no. Let's, yeah, we'll keep rolling. I just have lots of questions about pre-shoots because obviously I, for me, I call them engaged shoots. You call them pre-shoots. Some people call them adventure sessions. And I'm a massive fan of them. Uh, if you've listened to the podcast before, you would have known that I've probably harped on a little bit about how much I love yeah. an engagement session, how much I'm much better. Much better is that English? I don't know. But how like better the experience i guess is for the people that we're capturing as well but not only for the experience for them but also the experience for us too and like what the wedding day looks like from your experience like you know because you're obviously very like that's something that you kind of i guess it's a requirement i suppose for you in terms of like for you to shoot the wedding better for them you want to do an engagement session or a pre-wedding um, shoot with them in the times where you haven't done it what's the difference between doing a session with them pre or not doing a session with them pre on the wedding day itself i think for me i i have I mean, what I would just call a fuck sense of humor. So it's hard for me getting laughs out of couples if I don't know where they sit on that scale, I guess. So I can, um, and again, with like associate shooting and all that kind of stuff, I have walked into dry rooms where I just don't know anyone there and all that kind of stuff. And I can play the character of an accommodating, nice photographer, but I just really need to know those in-jokes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, for me, like basically like on those pre-shoots, I'm having conversations with like, what's been the biggest pain in the ass in the lead up, blah, blah, blah any nightmare family members I need to know about. So like we like it, so I'll sit there and go, oh, that's totally Auntie Sue or something like that. So like, I just, I want to know everything about it. So like that way, like a, a lot of my approach is kind of, when I start up a course, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of basically say, oh, we're going to kind of like take the piss out of wedding photography a little bit. We're just like, there's no pressure or anything like that. We're just going to kind of root around until we find a comfortable flow. And so I really need to do that beforehand because if I walk into a dry room, if I say something that I think is appropriate for getting a laugh it could just completely miss and my whole thing is that like customer service versus customer experience is that i can walk in and do a really good job on the day 
that customer experience is way more important to me. So if we have the same camera and we kind of have these this uh, this rapport ahead of time, when you look back at those four, those photos or the footage, the experience of that is more enjoyable than just a good result because there's no point having a really good photo if it was awkward as fuck having it taken. Yeah. All you see is the awkward. Everyone else sees a great photo. All you remember is the experience of that photo. Yeah. So for me, again, trying to get to know everyone, it creates a better experience because we're all really good at service. But but when you look back on that moment, everyone else thinks it's a great photo or great footage, but you might be sitting there going, fuck, that was the most cringe 10 minutes of my life yeah. or anything. So I'm always trying to avoid avoid those scenarios. Yeah, that is uh, that is music to our ears. <laughs> like, we're I all, absolutely love that. <laughs> we're all about, all about the client experience because like, as you said, like we all know how to shoot, right? Like, so... It's the shooting aspect is not our issue. It's the experience for our clients. And if our client's having a good experience, or if it means something as simple as our clients coming and enjoying um, having a moment with us, like, you know, in a pre-wedding shoot or an engagement session, like, and then the experience on the day for them is that much better and it's heaps more elevated. Like, why would you not do it? I definitely push a lot of my couples. Like, obviously, yes, if it suits your budget and all that sort of stuff, like, you know, to do that engagement session because it does make your wedding day so much better. And like, I find the end result for anyone who's done an engagement session to just like, the, like at the end of the wedding, you're like, it's so much easier. Like, it's just... Well, 100%. Yeah. And then also, no one stood in front of a professional photographer before. Yeah. Like, and so the 10 minute, the first 10 minutes are fucked. Like, they're like, what do I do with my hands? All this kind of yeah. stuff. <laughs> you do all that three months early. And then on the day, they're just like, yeah. like they just go, I stand here, I do this. Because you don't want to dread any moment of your wedding day. And the first 10 minutes of photography is a dread for a lot of people where they're like, fuck, I don't want to, like, I have no idea what to do. Yeah. This is going to be really awkward. Let's get all that out of the way early. And then also the good thing about doing it three months early is all you've done is emailing, organizing, you know, paying bills, all that kind of stuff. You've kind of forgotten about what the wedding day was about. And so three months early, you go out on the back beach somewhere, you hold hands for a little while, we have a laugh, you have a pash, and then you go oh, this is about us. Yeah. And we want to so have fun. It's like reset. <laughs> Damn. Totally. Well, there's this, like, there's this reset in the body language where all they've been doing is stressing about a wedding. And then when we go out there and do it, they go, oh, actually, this is about us. This isn't like about the entire thing. And so for me, it's, it's, just a, it's a nice little connecting tool because also, I mean, how often do you kind of spend an hour with your partner like intimately somewhere? Like, and not even like, not to say that like you just fully passion on the whole time, but like you haven't really held hands for a long time. You haven't been that close with each other yeah. in a long time. So I always notice that like the first five minutes are like really stiff and then they're just sitting in each other a lot more. And so it's nice to kind of give them a little reminder that like, oh, all this bullshit is for you too. And they kind of go, they go, oh, that's right. Like at the end of it, this is us. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I've, I've not done a session where the couples walked away distant at the end of it like they're always a lot closer afterward and for me that's that's what we're trying to do so do you find you've like built more of a connection like after that session and you go into the wedding 100 100 yeah. so when i walk into the room dave's here it's not the photographer is here yeah and so um and so that that's really important for me because yeah because it's hard for me to do my job if i'm just basically lurking around a bunch of strangers getting dressed early in the day like it's really <laughs> awkward so um so yeah if there's like it's super interesting because like I, I'm coming from the perspective where I, I don't offer like adventure sessions, pre-shoots. Um, I want to, uh, but I don't at the moment. I don't know how I'm going to find the time to edit it as well. Yeah. But um, maybe tell the audience like what services do you offer? Because you're saying like photographer, but you, you offer more than photography, right? So, I mean, what I found interesting is that, so I started off as a photographer, had no interest in videography. Every time couples ask me, do you do videography? Do you know any videographers? I always be, I'd always be like, you don't need it. Like the photos are good enough. Like the, like any more feels like you're performing more for the day. So I talked people out of video for years and now I'm sitting there <laughs> telling people they need video. Damn so you, Dave. Damn you. I know, I know. It's, it's, it's such a bastard thing. But what I found funny is that even when couples didn't, um, didn't speak to me about it beforehand, I would... If I was, if I did 30 weddings in a season, I might have videographers for three or four of those weddings. It just wasn't that popular. And then when I started doing video, I noticed that like it's easily 50% or more are adding video now. So I have no idea what that reason is. I don't know if it's just that you're speaking with the one vendor or you don't want to have battling um, aesthetics on the day because obviously we all walk in with a vision of what we're trying to do. And because I do photo and video, 
it's it's kind of like it's it's the one the one vibe or aesthetic or whatever so yeah um so yeah so in my package i basically try to do these um i don't really believe in like doing tiers of packages because they end up turning into like Jetstar flights where like you think it's going to be 90 bucks and then once you get everything else that version's doing and you end up spending extra four dollars and so what i've always done is these kind of bulk ones where it's um nine hours coverage on the day pre-shoot which goes for two hours and we do those about three months out to get together i do a lot of deliverables like so per photo it's um around 900 images and then i'm also a big fan of just including the prints so to save money i won't do that fucking mahogany box with my name on it that no one needs or anything like that so i basically go here's three prints here's a hundred little photo album prints here's a bunch of polaroids the physical items are important because your um, laptop's going to shit itself at some point you know, everyone's, everyone loses the memory stick and all that kind of stuff. So here's some physical items, throw them around the house. And so basically I just try to make it that like everything is just one stop shop where here's everything at the one price and um, just make it easy. Cause like, it's, it's one of those things how we don't appreciate that there's where that the couple is talking to five photographers, five videographers, five florists, five venues, five celebrants. And so if you can just kind of consolidate everything into one really easy to read spot and all my prices are on the website so it just takes all the brooding around out of having to try to find your vendors because it's like you always think that like they're engaging with us but they're engaging with everyone and they're just trying to get to that finish line and it's such a pain in the ass and i appreciate anyone that can do it without losing their mind <laughs> yeah 100 so i've just I've, I've always i've always basically gone here's a whole bunch of wedding photography here's a whole bunch of wedding videography you can put them all together if you want and then let's just make it really simple so that's kind of where i come with my offering yeah, amazing man well like your your marketing is on point absolutely on point it is beautiful it is has a such a nice aesthetic do you do you have a target market or like an ideal client that you're specifically marketing for yeah so so if i like if i i, I was someone that like your brand or your aesthetic goes through flows and all that kind of stuff because you're basically just attracted to new looks and all that kind of stuff as time goes on but i feel like if i have like a mission statement whether it's um you know whether whatever the aesthetic is it's basically the best coverage i can provide with the least amount of participation if that kind of makes sense so so what what i'm always trying to do what i think i resonate with people with is how can we get a really good result without jumping through too many hoops and so so as far as my target audience there i wouldn't say that they're alternative people but more of an alternative mindset so basically people who, who want to enjoy the day they want something i wouldn't even say moodier but just like kind of warmer tones and all that kind of stuff but people who think that wedding photography is essentially daggy they're, they're my kind of target audience so Love it. people who want really nice coverage but they just don't want to do all the generic shit so yeah so, yeah, so i think if i have a target audience it's the, the aesthetically they can be so far left and right but they're just they're, they're, they're people who just who want the day covered, but they just don't want to work too hard for it. So my job is to go, how can we get the best result without you having to fuck around too much? So that's where, that's a kind of balancing act I try to do with my clients. Yeah, perfect. So it sounds like it's it's more so on their, like on their personality and how much you can build a connection with them is more yeah, like Yeah, 100%. Ideal. Yeah. Could, uh, I mean, the, the easiest way to kind of fish that out is if I receive an inquiry and there's no, there's no information or connection in that email, then I already kind of know that we're not the right people. If it's co copy and paste with, here's the venue, here's the date, how much? Then I just go, we're probably not the right crew because because I'm, like I'm trying to build a rapport with people, and if it's just contractual, then I just don't need to be there. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I, I think it's important. It's a good lesson for those those listening. If you are a couple and you are inquiring, as much as you're looking for a service provider to provide a product for you as the service provider we're also looking to create a connection and really like book people that connect with us as well 100 percent. well because like what we're lucky that we're busy but also so much of our life is invested in their day as well all the work leading up to it the work on the day we have to take you home with us and do all the editing and all that kind of stuff so i like i need to feel invested as much as you do as well so i can't i can't I can't dedicate too much of my life to people that didn't give a shit, if that kind of makes sense. Dave, I remember when uh, I first met you at camp and um, in your breakaway session, you were showing us your like hybrid photography and videography, um, kind of a bit, a bit of the door into the process of Dave LePage. 
And we were like, this dude is crazy. Like, this guy's absolutely nuts. And we're like, for me, I was like, this product can't be like super high quality because no one can really, in my eyes, no one could really do hybrid to the extent of like one person that can really specialize in photo or can really specialize in video. And then when we had a look at your work, we're like, wow, like you blew us all the way. And uh, you, you, you got a bit of a nickname. I don't know if it come from camp or come from before, but uh, <laughs> we, we've now all called you hybrid daddy. Um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is probably a good yeah. opportunity just because if you're listening out there and you don't know what the heck we're talking about in terms of hybrid and all this, maybe Dave, just give us like a rundown in terms of like what being a hybrid photo video human is. <laughs> I don't know if I can say daddy. What, what, what does hybrid daddy mean <laughs> to you? But like, because when we're talking photo video, most people are thinking it's two, two people, right? So maybe just like yeah. paint a picture for us what it is. For you. Yeah, so so what I you know, what I essentially do is I run photo and video at the same time. Elopements, micro weddings. Um, the largest wedding I've done completely solo photo and video was 160 guests, and that basically what what I kind of had to start doing is figuring out what is the what is the easiest way to have all these moving parts happening that I can control. And so um and so yeah so at, at that um. At that film camp, I kind of gave like a sneak peek into the whole process, and I did see people like sweating and shitting themselves, going like, "This is the dumbest thing <laughs> we've ever seen." But um, I don't know. For, for me, it, it's I find it so much easier running the whole show myself rather than having assistance and all that kind of stuff. Because in my head, I've like I've played a scenario out in the lead up to the wedding day, so it's so much easier to execute it myself than relying on someone else's eye for the moment. And also, I mean, the hybrid thing only came out of necessity because I wanted to start doing video. I messaged a whole bunch of videographers saying, do you need a free assistant? I totally appreciate that, like, there might be a reluctancy because you're training up future competition. So I'll do 25 weddings for you for free. I'll carry around all your stuff. Like, I'll try to make sure there's some benefit for potential loss of revenue down the line. And so I was really, like, transparent for it. Everyone left me on red. And so I was like, well, fuck, I just need to kind of start doing this myself. So... So when, when I show up and I do a, a hybrid wedding, it looks like chaos, but this has been like a year in the making of like showing up to do photo for a wedding, setting up a tripod, just filming it for one ceremony, reviewing the footage, could have done this better. Next wedding, there could be two tripods. And then once I feel like I'm pretty comfortable with recording a ceremony, photo and video, then I'll be like, all right, next ceremony, I'll, uh, I'll run a little bit of audio and I'll be like, all right, well, that sounded like shit. Next one, I'll change it. So I kind of, I started doing these increments for like 25, 30 weddings Start. before I kind of committed to going for it. So, and it took a year and like, everyone's always like, and especially it's a, it's a, it's a, um, a hot take at the moment to like, go, oh, I'm just going to add video and then double my revenue and all that kind of stuff. You can't add it if you're going to do a shit job. Like it took me a year of like rooting around to get to a comfortable point where I can just go, I can just totally do this myself. So yeah, it is, it is like, especially for first looks, like I'll be, I'll be doing multiple video, covering it on stills. I'll be running drone. I'll be doing the audio, all that kind of stuff. But it's, I've practiced it and rehearsed it in my head so many times that I'm almost like on autopilot when these moments go down. Yeah. And a big thing as well is that I appreciate that people don't have the time for this. I'll go out to the venue. I'll plan that shoot in my head. And so that way, when the day comes, there's no variables for me. I've run all the scenarios, um, all the what ifs and all that kind of stuff. So when, when the day comes around, I don't feel like I'm worried about anything because I've already like done the worst case scenario a hundred times. Yeah. That's amazing. I remember during that breakout session, like everyone just like jaw down. They're like, what is going on? Like, who is this guy? <laughs> but it was actually, it was phenomenal to see like how you've like built like to that stage and obviously you didn't just go straight into offering video like you slowly like built up to that build your skills in that area and then moved on and that baseline obviously keeps improving because your work is phenomenal absolutely phenomenal oh thank you very much but like if we take it back to the to the pre-shoot so is the pre-shoot is it always included is that something that's always offered always yeah so um i'll even do them with with elopements because i have like a three and a half hour elopement package if I don't do the shoot, I at least go to the venue with the couple. And so we'll just sit there and have a coffee, talk about the attack plan, run through a couple of little variables that they may not have considered and just kind of like, just kind of game plan the day. So if I, if I don't do a pre-shoot, I have at least had face-to-face -face time with my couples. Yeah. So, 
so then with so with with the pre shoot, are you building like a strategy that then plays out for the day, like with each couple? Oh yeah, totally, totally. So what I'll do is so on a on a hybrid day, if I'm going to be doing it solo, obviously there's moments that I kind of want to I I, I want to massage a scenario that benefits me uh, without kind of taking away from the couple. So a big one, I mean, any videographer will know that. As the bride comes down the aisle, as soon as everyone stands up, two tripods have been totally smoked. And so and so I'll sit there and talk with a couple. I'll be like, oh, have you considered having everyone seated on the day? So that way, as you're coming down, everyone can actually see you walking down the aisle. Because what will happen nine times out of ten is everyone stands up. Only the people in the aisle can see the bride coming down. All the rest of the guests have no idea what happened for that 35 seconds when we all had to stood up. And then there's also a lot of commotion where everyone takes their seats again. How about we just keep everyone seated so that way they can all see you coming down the aisle. That is one option, but the real benefit is that I don't have to fucking worry about my two tripods now. And so, so I'm always kind of like, I'm running through these like pros and cons with the couples. I'm trying to get what I want without interrupting their experience. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of like, kind of like, like massaging a process that would benefit me without interrupting what they had planned for the day. Yeah, for sure. Because I, because I don't do like a session like that. Um, I use a like pre questionnaire Zoom chats to like really build that connection. Um, and obviously having a connection like with with my couples is like one of my core values. Like I, I want to be able to understand like especially like what my limits are on the day as well. Like how far can I you know get a little bit loose with the couple? Like you know how how far can I take some jokes and. Using like that questionnaire and like our our chats to build that relationships gives me like that barrier of like okay like this is this is what I can do, but you're you're making me think that I really need to start offering um adventure sessions on pre shoots because this is this is really amazing. <laughs> yeah, totally. And also like I mean we're, we're always there's always one member of the couple who's always stoked to be there, the other one who takes a little bit of work. And normally always. what I'll do is whoever I'm speaking with in the emails, I'll be like. You know, like like in the lead up, I'd be like, just quietly out of ten, how rough is it going to be getting the other partner around the beach? And they're like, pretty reluctant. So I'm like, so I'll tell them, I go, just be aware that on the day, I'll be giving you a little bit less attention. You'll be kind of in the background. I'll be working really hard. Nine times out of ten, it's the groom. I go, I'll be working real hard in the groom, and I'll be getting like kind of chummy with them. I'm not throwing you off to the side. They just need a little bit of extra work. So. It's um, pre-shoots as well as like getting the couple in front of the camera and giving them something to post um, in the lead up to the day because pre-shoots are a great way to like, I, I always say that they're a soft launch with everyone who's going to be at the wedding. So what'll happen is the couple posts the photos, all their bridesmaids, all the groomsmen and everything, everyone's seen your work. They can kind of decide that, oh, this isn't going to be a daggy wedding or we're not going to have to do what we thought was going to happen on the day. All the vendors pretty much know that it's you who's going to be at the day. So it's kind of like, I call it like a soft launch with all the all the attendees of the wedding as well. So so you kind of I mean not only are you working on the couple, but you're also introducing yourself to everyone who's gonna be involved in the wedding. Definitely. I reckon that like there's so many times that I go to a wedding when I've shot an engagement session and they're like the someone will come up to me like, Oh my goodness, I love those photos from you know, like that you're session. You're one hundred percent. Yeah, know it's you. so yeah. it's I just find it's like it's it's nice because people know you are a real human. <laughs> like I know that sounds yeah. ridiculous, but like it, it's quite true, like in a sense of like they do know you're a normal human and they do know that you're there to capture the day and they've seen your work already and they like appreciate it like from the get-go, which I uh yeah, like I definitely see the benefit a hundred percent in that. 100 percent oh yeah, I call it it's, it's a soft launch. And then um and then also all those guests they can go have a lurk on your profile because they have some band stuff on my Instagram and all that kind of stuff. They'll be like, Oh, I saw that band in 2018 and blah blah. Like it's just you like you kind of it's like um your rapport building like real you get early. That first yeah, you get that first meeting yeah. out of the way before you've even met all these strangers. Yeah. It's like going on a date. Day. I always like, I always get, I, I, I was talking to a couple last night who are uh, going to book me and they were talking about doing an engagement session. I was like, it's great. It's just like us going on like a blind first date, the engagement session. And we get all the small talk out of the way. And then by the time we get to your wedding, it's like, we're all getting married together. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because totally. we've, we've yeah. got, we've got through that process together of all that weird, awkward stuff where you don't really know what to talk about and stuff. So yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> uh, like, like, like Tinder when you go on Thirsty Thursday, you go for like a little pre-date and then you, then you might get a message on the weekend who knows <laughs> thirsty thursday oh jeez, <laughs> dave what is what is your favorite part of the process like there, there's a lot of moving parts here look from the from the outside looking in you you've got it well covered you're you're a strategy man you've obviously you've got a game plan you're very you're very organized but what is your favorite favorite part of this whole process i for me it's that 
it's that little uh, the the transformation moment with the couple. How like they think they're they think they look like shit in front of the camera, and then you kind of like that moment where like whether it's on the back of the video screen or um, on the back of the camera screen, when like when you know that you have a really good scene set up and you want to like bump up that confidence so you turn around the screen show them whatever and go this is fucking ape shit right now and then they go oh fuck this is ape shit and then like and then from there like you've got to like a 75 percent comfort and then once it goes to 110 and you just go the next five minutes are so bloody easy for me that's always the moment that i'm chasing where that they kind of they've kind of basically just gone and we're on like this is what we paid for so that that's i'm always i'm always hunting for that little moment yeah, I, I do that um, sometimes as well. And sometimes I do it like just to like move the couple away from the photographer and be like, yeah, like this dude, like have a look at my work. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, I still, I still love you, Matt. It's all good. <laughs> I just realized I was on mute and I was laughing my ass off and I was just like, <laughs> I was like oh wait, no one can hear me. Just do this all. <laughs> but um. Dave, I'm I'm sure there's um because we, we got a lot of vendors as well that are that are listening in um and I'm sure there's a there's a couple of ears that have sprung up and they're like hmm maybe I could start to do some type of like hybrid within my business um what's some advice for those guys and girls like where where should they start I think what what you what you have to do is just get the camera in your hand a lot of people I mean it's, it, it gets to a point where like once you feel comfortable with your particular corner of photography or videography or whatever you're very reluctant to learn something if you are not on the dollar basically so it's one of those things you have to go out on the beach you have to go out in a park you have to sit there and just hold that item and just get comfortable with it and I appreciate that not a lot of people have a lot of time for it but it's one of those things if you're going to double the profit of your business you have to get off your ass and go out there and hold those items and get comfortable with them. What I always kind of tell a lot of people is, um, if you want to start off adding a new accessory, especially in Melbourne, we have so many rental houses where you can hop like rent high-end gear for an entire weekend, so bloody cheap. And so without having to commit too much to a new service, for, for $90, you can get a really good video camera and have it all weekend and just kind of run around and then review the footage and all that kind of stuff. They're like, you don't have to like dive into it but you have to hold that item and start getting comfortable with it. Um, I think what I think is a little bit of a cop-out are people who offer a new service, but they just hire someone else to do the service for them. I think if you're going to do it, you have to do it. Like you have to know the ins and outs of yeah. all these new items. And so I, I kind of feel that, and especially if you want to, if you want to maintain your own aesthetic, you really have to be able to. Yeah. You have to be so yourself. invested in it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't expect to hire someone else on the day to do the job for you and then still kind of put your essence into it, if that makes yeah. sense. It's a, yeah. Look, Matt and I have some thoughts on this and it's a hot I, topic. I, I expect, <laughs> yeah, it is a hot topic. Like, I, I think it's a, it's an absolute disservice to the couple. Like I could never offer a photo like with my work because my, my work is so ingrained in video and I, I just don't have the passion for photo as I do for video. Like video is my specialty. Yep. That's where I'm going to stay. That's my lane. But, I love to like build that relationship with photographers, like with uh, and work with some other amazing photographers, and really like collaborate in that way. But yeah, like having say a photography business and then just offering video and you know hiring that out, like you really you're potentially lowering the quality of like your main service as well, which can which can be disservice all around to your business. Yeah, and I, I think you're personally you're taking work from someone else who could just be doing that. If there's someone who's really good at it. They should be doing it. If you're half-assing it, like for me, if anyone has a problem with me doing photo and video at the same time, they don't appreciate that I'm editing twice the amount of stuff as well. Like I'm, I'm doing two jobs. I haven't outsourced any of this to someone else. Like if you've got a problem with me doing photo and video, you also have to have a problem with the with me doing twice the amount of work. And I don't think anyone really does when you think about it that way. Yeah, people would have a problem with me finding someone who just needs it, like a work experience kid and getting them to do all the work and putting my stamp on it, I think that would be an issue. But um, but if you are going to do two, you have to do two properly. And I, I don't think anyone can discredit you if you are doing two jobs well. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely if you're doing them well. Well, you're um, you're booked out till 2025, mate. Well done. That is... um. <laughs> That it was, it was, a, it was, it, it took me five years to do that. So, um, but, yeah, it was, but, but again, like this is like, um, uh, so, so for me, I, because I do the pre-shoots, 35 weddings turns into 70 shoots a lot of the time. 
And then also, cause I do a lot of commercial stuff around there and things that are wedding related. And so once I started doing video, I'm sending all right. So if I'm shooting 35 weddings and then half, uh, the couples have added video now, I'm now editing 50 jobs. And I'm sorry, in my head, I'm like, well, I'm kind of doing 50 weddings on the back end yep. per year now. And then on top of that, I'm doing their shoots and all that kind of stuff. So, so it got to a point where, where I thought, well, this is my comfortable level of work now. And I'm kind of lucky that, that all my couples, if you're doing, if you're doing photo and video, you tend to be working a little further down the line. Yeah. And so, I mean, I haven't really answered it properly. I don't really like <laughs> kind of acknowledging things going well, because I feel like they'll, they'll fall apart straight away. Touch but, um, yeah. And it just, yeah. It took a while. What I'm, what I'm more happy with is that I, I kind of got to that point doing it the hard way. Like I, I've spent, I've spent under 30 bucks on advertising in the last five years, I did a couple of Instagram boosted posts or whatever, but for me, I didn't go down. I, like I don't really submit to publications or anything like that. All I did was I tried to, I tried to do this future proofing of if I have really good referrals, if, um, if a social media platform dies, if a magazine that usually posts my work dies, this is like, this is, this is future proofing. If I shoot a wedding. And every wedding I go to, there's two or three couples at that wedding, then that lasts forever. Like it'll just keep on assembling the effort. So to say that I'm booked down until 2025, I'm stoked on that, but I'm way more stoked that I did it the hardest way possible, which is basically like a lot of back end work and not paying other people to make sure that my work is seen. So in my head, that like all I would have to do now is do a couple of half page ads and then life's good. But I kind of thought that if I do it the hardest way, then you can't fuck with that. Yeah. yeah. And you're sorted for like, you know, 2025 already. Do you know what I mean? Like in terms of like beyond, yes, you are booked 2024, but in terms of 2025, like the work you've done already uh, is future proofing you for 2025, 2026 and beyond. Yeah, um, 100%. So, I'm, yeah. I'm really lucky yeah, that there's like, you know, there's going to be 70 couples between September to September where, you know, two guests from each one of those weddings are my clients three years from now. Yeah. And so and so I, I think that that is something kind of overlooked when everyone's looking for a cheat sheet on how much do I have to pay to be successful or who do I have to email to be successful. Playing the long, the long game, this is the a far more reliant version of yeah, music making sure use. that you've got work down the line. Yeah, networking, building, building community, just offering value 100%. in each way. I, yeah. There was years where like, I just, you know, charging a small amount, just to, like build my skills. Like I had to work like another job, like just to support myself, but I know I wanted to build the skills in that area and it, it, do, it does pay dividends. It's like I'm, I'm the same, like I, I don't spend any money in, in marketing like at, at the moment, but I rely so much on the community, like around like my local area as well. Um, because I feel like I provide quite a lot of value. And when I work with other vendors, just being a nice dude. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. At the end of the day, there's all these like little truths you can do. Do a good job. Don't be a dickhead and everything's going to work out. That's really... Dave's got a nugget. Don't be a dickhead. It's one of those things like everyone everyone kind of overthinks it. Yeah. Do a really good job. Don't be an asshole while you're doing it and you get a you get a call back. That's all you really have to do. But but it's one of those funny things that like, like, like for me, I just... all All I want to do is either get the best 10 seconds of footage or get the best 10 photos I can every time I go out. It just has to be incrementally better. So if you if you find that, like, if your work isn't getting better, I don't know why people are going to keep on booking you. You have to have that kind of fire or that, I always say, like, you need, like, a healthy amount of self-loathing to push you to try and do a little bit better every single time. And if you kind of, if you lack that, if you lack that determination, it's probably not going to work out. Yeah, down the line. So I guess this leads into what is coming up next for Dave because we see uh, your amazing branding and we see what you've been doing. And I'm pretty sure me and Tim have sent um, the like I don't know maybe the reel or photos to each other about 50 times because we're frothing on your branding of your workshop that you're bringing out soon. And maybe you just like <laughs> let's just dive into that. Uh, maybe just tell us a little bit about the workshop you're um, yeah you're presenting and what that looks like called Breaking the Barrier. I love the name. Yeah, so so um so my good mate Georgia, I met Georgia on a sand dune in Wilson's prom about seven or eight years ago. She was doing an engagement shoot for some friends, 
And uh, so I ran into the friends and then I saw they had a photographer with her and she was like, um, she goes, oh, do you want me to take photos of you and your partner? I said, oh, no, that's okay. We've got somewhere to be. Um, saw those photos. We connected on Instagram. Um, I had not even considered shooting Winnie's at that point. And then, um, and then from there, she was pretty much the only person who ever like was just there for information and hooked me up and all that kind of stuff. Because again, it is, it, it is a, it is a world where we basically have all these like introverted extroverts who are running businesses, which is a tricky kind of personality. So basically they're people who aren't used to working with other people. And then also they're kind of very guarded in the fact that, oh, well, I'm still running a business. So I don't want to give too much away. She was like the person from day one who was like, oh, you should do this. This is the best way to do that. And then when I started doing video, I remember the first time I, I wanted to do a full wedding video, I messaged her and said, can I tag along on a wedding day? And, and then she was like 100%, like where everyone else is very guarded. She's always like, um, it's one of those things like if you're, if you're doing well, you share it around. It's always people who are like, who I feel are um, a, a projecting success that tend to be very guarded. And so um, she's been, from day one, she's been just so open and everything. And so she hit me up a little while ago saying, I want to do an education session. What do you think the two of us could bring to that? And so she, we had polar opposite approaches. She's very data-driven and analytical. She's fantastic on the day with couples. Uh, whereas I am very, I don't really care about the numbers of things and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't do any advertising. I really build a, a customer experience approach. And so, and then because I do the, the photo and video as well, a lot of people are asking about combining the services now. So. Um, so we kind of thought we would bring it together on a day and kind of see what happens. But what's, what's always funny is that I haven't spent a lot of time in the education space. So whenever I do, it's like, <laughs> usually I don't say the things people want to hear. Everyone, everyone's always like, oh, can you just give me those dot points so I can be successful? And I go, sorry, everyone. It's a lot of fucking hard work, tough shit. Yeah. And then, um, and then usually I get a lot of blank stares when that happens. But, but again, I've always been really open with, this is exactly how I do things. And unfortunately they tend to be a lot of work. So, um, so sometimes, sometimes my approach to education is a little bit unpopular because, you know, if we get an email saying, oh, do we, um, do I need to bring a pen and paper to take notes or are you going to provide them for me to go home with? I go, I don't, I think this might be a waste of your money because you already kind of like that little drive yes. to do well. So you can go to as many education spaces as you want. You can pay for all the workshops. But if you can't take some of that information and then feel fire inside, then it's not going to work out for you. Yeah. I, I, Dave, yeah. just, just just give us the the get quick, get rich quick scheme. <laughs> give it to us, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the golden nugget of um, get rich quick. How do I be the next Dave LePage? <laughs> I'm, 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 try, I'm trying to think if I've ever seen it. Oh, I mean, this is sorry. So. Did, <laughs> So, I mean, like, like we can talk about it afterwards, but there's probably a couple of people who have like hard launched into their wedding careers or whatever. And you see, they're going, well, they're charging a lot. And I, they only started last year. Um, <laughs> you can get rich quick, but everyone's going to come for that money afterwards. So I always think that if you can't, if you can't back it up, then just don't bother. And this, again, this is a long, this is a long game. Like, you know, if you, I always say, that, I mean, this is a, this is a skilled labor service. An electrician goes to school for four years to learn how to do what they do. Everyone else goes to school to learn what they do. We're the only kind of crew that like pick up a camera within a couple of months can technically make money off it. I always sit there thinking like with anything, there's that 10,000 hours, you have to hit them. Um, yeah. And so, so I don't think if you make money real quick, there's a good chance that people are going to want that money back. So I always, um, I was just make sure. I also think like with the education stuff and especially with, you know, like workshops and stuff, like what you're saying was really resonates with me and Tim. Cause I feel like we're pretty, we're pretty similar in the way that we would approach, uh, you know, like education and workshops and mentoring in a sense of like, yes, we're here to guide you and help you and give you, I guess the tools to be better, uh, and to like, you know, improve your business and things like that. But it doesn't come without hard work. You know, we, like me and Tim haven't got to this point in our careers where, you know, we've just kind of sat back and gone, oh, well, let someone else fit, like, spoon feed me and I'm going to reap the benefits of it because that's not how it works. Yeah. And if it was that easy, yeah. everybody would be bloody doing it. So, you know, like if you are investing into education and workshops and, you know, mentors, like you have to be prepared to do some work towards it too. It's not as simple as paying the money and going, all right, sweet, I'm going to go and make six figures. <laughs> exactly. But it's 100%, not the one. And I... Sorry, it's not the... 
you know, what works for Dave is going to work for me. Like what works for Matt is going to like work for me as well. Like it comes down to your personality. It comes down to like your ethics and your values, like with business as well. And this is where I think we miss the mark with a lot of the education because you may, you may buy a course and that course may give you a, a very analytical and logical approach to, you know, to build leads, to, to really build your brand. But you need to understand that you need to apply that to who you are as a person, because we're in an industry where like, yes, a couple is paying for a deliverable. They're paying for an end product, but they're also paying for you as a service provider. They're paying for your personality. They're paying for what experience are you going to bring on the day? Um, and that's, that's where client experience really comes into play. And like we, <clears throat> Matt and I relate so much with what you said, Dave, it's, it's really on point. Yeah. Why well, I, th- I think what, mi- what's missing from, what's missing from a lot of education platforms is that what's really important to do is call back on your, like your lived experience up until that point as well. Like for me, like my past jobs, like, cause I've done so many random things. I've done, um, bar manager. I've done phone sales, I've done um, face-to-face sales, like calling back on all those skills. Like you basically need your entire life history to form how you run your individual business. And so I think as well, things that are too wedding reliant kind of miss the mark is you're not, you're dealing with people and scenarios. You're not like, you're not dealing with weddings. You're dealing with people who are at a wedding and so on, and yeah. And so I, I, I just think that there's so much more to learn at a workshop than specifically like camera settings and things like that. So I, I try to, I, with my one-on-one mentoring, um, with any workshops, I try to call back on what is your entire history leading up to a wedding day. Um, so again, things like sales, um, things like um, conflict resolution, all those things that you learn as like a bar manager and a all that kind of stuff like that, that forms how you interact with people on the day. So it's much broader than yeah. like, God, I'd love he's to see holding that. a camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dave, it's been absolutely amazing, mate. Um, how about you tell us all where we can find you? All right. So Instagram is at Dave LePage underscore. I might have a Facebook somewhere. I haven't logged into it in a long time. <laughs> uh, website, DaveLePage.com. Have a squeeze at Breaking the Barrier Workshop. There's a link to that on my Instagram and on my website. Uh, so that rolls in September 15 or 16. So that's a that's a 10 hour uh, workshop, and it's basically it's more it's more real weddings and real scenarios. We're not basically putting together an editorial shoot that you're never going to run into in a real world <laughs> setting. Real, real couples, um, real scenarios, and because I mean, all yeah. we ever do at a wedding is show up to a not ideal situation, and so we're kind of prepping you for that. So we're not basically you know, hiring a bunch of professional models and professional decor and saying, here's some photos that you're never going to be able to recreate. <laughs> so this is all like kind of real, real world scenarios. So yeah, we're kind of excited to get that happening. Love that. Amazing, man. Sick. Well, we, um, we, we do love to ask a couple of quick fire questions for those that come on and, um, feel free just to, to fire away. First thing that comes into your mind, coffee after 5 PM. Yes or no? 100%. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite beverage? Coffee, <laughs> just coffee. What's your what's what, what's your go-to coffee? What's your order? Uh, soy flat white, classic. Oh, lovely. Uh, what book are you reading at the moment or podcast are you listening to? Oh, it's been a long time. Um, I am the most underread pleb <laughs> on earth. Last book I read was uh, I read uh, The God Delusion twice ten years ago. And, at least it wasn't um, Harry Potter. Or and that's the last time I picked up a book. <laughs> <laughs> are you listening to any podcasts at the moment? Uh, I watch a lot of podcasts, so visual storyteller, I have to see what's happening. Um, so yeah, so I, I'm a big fan of like, a, like your mum's house and all the feral ones. Cool. Awesome. Um, if what is the, the most memorable piece of advice you have received in your life? Oh my God. Um, oh, oh God, I'm too, I'm not clever enough to remember it. Um, yeah, blank. <laughs> Um, completely this useless. stumps everybody. I've had, we, every time we ask people this, they always go, "Can we re-record this later?" <laughs> so, uh, we, should, we should say this one now. We should well, say- well, yeah, I mean, I I can't remember one I've heard, but um, but try hard, do a good job, don't be a dickhead. David heard from David Page. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if if you were to buy, oh, this could go anywhere with you, so I'm excited. Uh, if you were to buy yeah. an exotic pet, what would it be? Uh, I have no idea why um, a water dragon just popped up in my head. What are those? Um, 
those big fucking lizards, those Scalapicus <laughs> Island dragons. Oh, the Komodo. I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, Komodo dragons. I can see that laying on your uh, green couch behind you, just <laughs> in the sun, <laughs> living the dream. <laughs> oh, and uh, yeah. last one, mate. I, I think this uh, you can relate to this quite a fair bit. If you were to go anywhere in the world tomorrow, where would it be? Uh, well, I'm going. I'm going to Iceland yes. in, um, in a couple of days. I went there about seven or eight years ago and... I caught a bus from one side of the country and then spent 12 days walking back. Um, As you do. For anyone, for anyone who's who's overworked, really stressed out, freaking out about a wedding season, it's this is the weirdest advice I can give. You go somewhere where you're going to run out of water <laughs> and you have no idea how quickly, how quickly that puts things into <laughs> priority. Like, but I, I always used to do these stupid fucking trips where I basically walk for two weeks. And you kind of carry two weeks worth of water. So you're going to run out at some point. You have to put your bag down. You have to go for a wander. All this shit that you thought mattered doesn't matter. Until you find water. <laughs> water, shelter, and being healthy is more important than your phone bills, all the dumb shit that's going on. Fuck off, run out of water, reset, come home, and then in life. How good has, is Has anyone Iceland? heard from Dave? Oh, sorry, go. <laughs> has anyone heard from Dave? We haven't, we haven't heard from him in six months. <laughs> He's a, bit, he's a bit dehydrated, but he's in good spirits. <laughs> he's feeling good about himself. Can I just say, how good is Iceland? <laughs> I I went to Iceland uh, in 2015, yeah, 2015, uh, yep. with a couple of mates and mate. It was, honestly, we spent two weeks there. We did a driving trip around the outside of it, the full circumference, and far yep. out. It was the most amazing, epic, dodgy, coolest trip I've ever done in my entire life. Like, It's yeah. the best. I, I find it insane the people fly to the other side of the world and don't go to another world. Iceland, you go, I'm on another fucking planet it's, right it's now. Hectic. Whereas I go, if I've got St Kilda, why would I bother going to Lake Como where it's basically just a bunch of people I'd never want to hang out yeah. with? <laughs> and so on. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so if I ever go somewhere, it has to be somewhere. And that that's one of the only places I've been to where I'm like, fuck, this is somewhere When you else. went to Iceland, did you did you have the, go to the, the I can't remember the name of the place, but oh, it's like the shop, it's in Reykjavik, but it's uh like they serve soup in like a bread bowl no. oh mate you need to go to this place it's like the best soup i've ever had in my entire one. life anyway um yeah, nice. <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely good but they have uh yeah i loved iceland and i would do a lot to go back there are you shooting a wedding or a loadman or what are you doing over there no i'm basically I'm, I'm i'm drinking coffee flying a drone and just Sick. hanging how good so yeah so i got basically a yeah, two weeks of that, so I'm stoked. Mad. Amazing. Jealous. Amazing. Well, let's let's wrap this up. We'll uh we'll we'll have a chat a bit further. <laughs> but um <laughs> thank you. Thank you everyone for listening. Um if you got this far, we really do appreciate it. If you would like to leave a review on the Make It Epic podcast, uh Matt and I would love to hear from you. And um yeah, if you do leave one, we'll actually read it out and give you a bit of a shout out. How about that? Yeah, it's ideal. And make sure oh, you like check it. out what Dave is doing. And uh, if you're a photographer or a videographer out there and you're uh, keen to find out more about his workshop, make sure you go and check it out, uh, Breaking the Barrier. It will be so good and you will learn a wealth of knowledge. We'll put from some details in the, uh, in the show notes. That's it. All right. Awesome. awesome. Thank Thanks, you. Dave. We appreciate it, mate. You have a good trip sure. away. You stay safe. And everyone listening, until next time, we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. You. Yeah.